Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from Nashville on the Law Enforcement Today Show, we have Henry Potticelli. Henry is a police sergeant with Metro Nashville Police Department. As a matter of fact, he's calling us from the police station right now in his office. So you might hear some noise every now and then. Henry, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And please let your bosses know I said thank you very much. People that don't work in law enforcement may not understand that it's not often that people get a chance to talk in the media that are police officers of any rank, uh, unless they're PIO, without authorization. And that's not always easy to come by. So it's very much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, I just want to point out I am off duty at the moment. I just finished my shift, so uh, but it, it was made sense for me to stay here in the office to do this. But all that said, I've had great support by the department, and they understand that I'm not uh, in the business of, of trying to make us look bad in any interview. Uh, it, it just, it's been more about the music and the, and the different things that we're doing, and, and uh, so I've been very fortunate to have that latitude, that latitude they give me. Well, that's great that you brought that up because... In addition to being a police officer, you're also a singer-songwriter. Correct, I am, yes. First of all, how long have you been policing in Nashville? So I've been policing in Nashville over 10 years. I'm in my 11th year right now, and um, it just, it's been a great career so far. I really enjoy it here. And how long have you been a singer-songwriter? Wow, that's a long time. Uh, you know, I, I'm 51, just turned 51 a couple of days ago, and uh, ended up uh, moving here uh, when I was 26. So, uh, and of course, I sang and wrote for many years before that back uh, home. I originally came from Canada and moved here in uh, 1994, actually. Well, that would explain the politeness. You're, you're uber, <laughs> uber polite. I, I think that's one of the stereotypes we get from Canada all the time. And I'm sure not everybody up there is ultra polite. But you took the long route to get to policing. You, you came from Canada. You went to Nashville. You've been singer, songwriter, performing. And then I guess, if I do the math correctly, right around age 40, you went into police work. Yeah, that's exactly right. At, uh, at 40, I decided that uh, I needed to 
have some sort of stability. Um, I always had a lot of love for law enforcement. Um, you know, growing up, even as a kid in high school, filling out aptitude cards and that, I wanted to become a police officer. But back in the mid-'80s in Canada, you had to have 20-20 uncorrected vision, and that immediately disqualified me. Uh, so I started looking at other options and eventually uh, ended up working on a lot of music and different business things and whatnot. And just uh, even while I was uh, doing music uh, over the years here in Nashville before becoming a police officer, I actually did some side work, including bounty hunting across the country. No kidding. And uh, so, yeah, it was kind of my way of scratching that itch a little bit without having the the the, the restrict the strict schedule that we have. And, and but eventually, uh, yeah, just before my 40th, I decided, you know, um, this is a I've got some friends in the in the business here, obviously, and and um, they really love what they do, and they talked to me about it and and i waited in online one night and it filled out the application it took about a year and a half to get on uh, metro but it was uh it's it's been a great career that's one of the things i tell people all the time by the way it, and the people who are the biggest critics of policing anywhere in the united states i say look why don't you become a police officer getting hired a is difficult b getting through the academy is no piece of cake and then learning the streets that's a lot of work, and a lot of people wash out. They just don't make it. Yeah, we've. I mean, we had some that didn't come back after lunch the first day of the academy because it's it's a it's a tough. It's you know they 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 it's a lot of stress inoculation, but they want to make sure that when you get out on those streets, you're not there to crack. You know that you're going to you're going to be able to handle your own and and not get rattled and not get offended by what people say to you and whatnot. So. Well, we're going to talk more about that in a moment. But before we do, I, I want to play for you a song that Henry wrote and performed. It's called Your Name. And then we'll return to the conversation. So check this out. This is Your Name by Henry Particelli. Uh, he's a singer-songwriter and also a police sergeant in Nashville, Tennessee. I cried for you today, but I don't know you I wish that you were here so we could show you There's not a soul on earth that thinks this is fair I ain't about to shake this off like I don't care I'm rattled to the core full of emotion I've watched you on the news in slow motion moving images protect you from the lies cause you're leaving us was so unjustified I'm angry I'm sad I'm a whole lot confused we take two steps forward then come all unglued I can see red my knuckles are white I'm just trying to get a grip on what happened that night Sure you never wanted this kind of fame I'm so sorry that's how we know your name Everybody deals with things a little different Some folks talk and then there's those that never listen Wish we all loved one another just the same But we're too caught up in our online debates Between politics, race, and religion It seems we're all in one big no-win competition 
Need to try and see things through each other's eyes Until hate becomes the only thing that dies I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm a whole lot confused We take two steps forward, then come all unglued I can see red, my knuckles are white I'm just trying to get a grip on what happened that night Sure, you never wanted this kind of fame. I'm so sorry, that's how we know your name. I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm downright ashamed. Believe me when I say that we're not all that way. We can't just quit, we got so much to prove. Cause united we stand, but divided we you never wanted this kind of fame I'm so sorry that's how we know your name I'm sure you never wanted this kind of fame But I promise that we'll honor your name This is Law Enforcement Today Show. Ever find yourself in a situation where you can't listen to the whole Law Enforcement Today Show? Never fear. Past episodes are available online as a podcast, and you can listen for free. That's right. The Law Enforcement Today podcast is free. Do a Google search for Law Enforcement Today podcast, or simply go to letradioshow.com and click the Be Heard tab. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center, call 888 888- 991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today show is brought to you by Mr. James Mather from Synergy Financial. Did you know that 30% of American households say they lack life insurance? And 20% of households with children under age 18 are uninsured? As a former law enforcement officer, James Mather will always have your back. For free information about insurance, retirement, college funding strategies, and more, go online to MrJamesMather.com, spelled M-R-J-A-M-E-S-M-A-T-H-E-R.com. Again, that's MrJamesMather.com. Back to our conversation with Henry Particelli. He is a police sergeant in the Metro Nashville Police Department. Also, 
about an 11-year veteran. He's also a singer-songwriter, been performing and writing and performing music for a long time. I won't say how long. Originally from Canada. Before the break, we heard his song, Say Your Name, which we will talk about because, to be totally honest with you, I, I when I retired from policing, right around where you're at, I got hurt and retired uh, a little more than 11 years on the job. And I started pursuing a career in radio a few years after that, Henry. And my first full-time job was at a country station in Pennsylvania in between like State College, where Penn State is, and Buffalo, New York, in the mountains. And uh, it was a country station. And it was like 3 to 7. And I always said this, around 3.30, everybody left. It's just me. And it was wintertime. It's snowing. My wife is in Florida. And I'm playing country music. And I'm depressed. Uh, so I haven't always had the best image in my mind of country music. I listened to your song, and I'll be honest with you, I got a little sad. And I'm not, I don't think it's because it's country formatted. I don't think it's that it is. I think it's because of the content of the song. Uh, sure. And I, I'll be honest with you, I got really sad and really angry. And just about every cop I know that I've ever talked to, when they saw the video, what happened in Minneapolis. The outrage was the same from everyone. I've not heard one guy, I say guy, I mean men and women, say, well, maybe they did. No, no one's defended it whatsoever. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the outrage we all share, and uh, I'm, I'm right with you here on this part of the country. I've not ran into one officer that doesn't um, doesn't feel like uh, there was a major breakdown in, 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 in a horrible representation of who we are as men and women in uniform. Look, I got so mad, I didn't want to say the, the guy's name who was kneeling on him, and so I won't. I got so mad at him. But the other thing was, the other three officers, and I'm not here, for people who are listening, I'm not here to condemn anybody. They should all get a fair trial. All right? And I'll go with what the verdict is. But the squad concept of what I was raised in and policing, we all had bad days. We all had moments where overreacted or did something where we're we're not superhuman. We're not robots. And the squad concept is they got involved. And, hey, look, we got from here. You go in the car, chill out, whatever it might be. And then they talked to you. You learned. I didn't see that at all with what happened in Minneapolis. And that outraged me as well. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just really tough, you know, uh, to watch and knowing that that's not even how we're trained, let alone how we should act, you know. So um, it definitely, like I said, I 100% feel the outrage and and, um, and it hurts us all as a as a profession um, because we are quickly judged by the actions of very few, and and that's painful. And and here you are, you're in Nashville, Tennessee. And like I policed in Baltimore, and I can tell you times where things happen in other parts of the country, and we got the brunt of it in Baltimore, as if we're the same department and the same people and everything. Look, laws are different, departmental policies are different, training's different, everything's different, but yet they lump us all in one category, and that was back in the 80s, and it's still happening today. Yes, it's funny because a lot of the new policies that they're trying to implement across the country are policies that we've already had for many, many years, things that we were never taught to do because we know that they're wrong. And yet the need is uh, out there on a national, just kind of a blanket statement that we're going to we're going to start doing this now. We're going to start doing that now. And, and, and for the most part, we're going, wow, we've we're ahead of the curve because we've never done stuff that would, you know, that, that's just not how we operate. So it's uh, it's tough to be lumped into that one uh, category. And, it, and we know that going in, that that's a possibility. But the reality is that um, we would hope 
much like, uh, say, some of the protesters, we've had a lot of peaceful protests in the past, and we've supported them uh, a great deal. But at the same time, there's a few that go and destroy it for everyone else. They sit, try to set buildings on fire and do, do bad things. And we know that that does not reflect every every peaceful protester. Um, and I would hope that people that, that do the protesting would also understand that the actions of a few police officers don't represent an entire profession. No, and I've never heard anybody say that about teachers. I've never heard them say all lawyers are whatever the term is, the ACAB that they use now, the ACAB. I can't say on the radio because of FCC regulations. But they don't say it about lawyers. They don't say it about nurses. They don't say it about politicians. And they have a worse track record than any police department or police officer I've ever known. Uh, so it, it almost seems as if there's an uneven distribution of blame. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not quite sure why. I have my suspicions, but I can't prove them. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, it, it, I think that, uh, and you're right, you know, in the other professions, they don't they don't have that. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of, of, of people that fall victim to medical malpractice, but they, they, there's no protests about medical doctors. And I'm, I'm not suggesting there should be by any means, but just saying, you're right, this is, uh, we live in a fishbowl, and um, we're uh, scrutinized to a, 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 a good you know, I, I, I'm fair. I'm, I'm fine with the fact that we need to uh, have a watchful eye, and I'm okay with that because uh, we know that 99.9% of us are doing the right thing, right. and and we don't those of us that are, and, and versus those of us that aren't, we don't want those folks working with us, for us, or around us. They're a liability to us and to the citizens. So I think just um, uh, you know, understanding that, but you're 100 right that that we are almost over scrutinized in a way, but. Uh, we accept that uh, as part of the, you know, the job. It's just frustrating because there's there's some very uh, harsh opinions that are, 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 are kind of closed just based on what I wear, what I put on in the, to start my day, versus someone that puts on you know, a medical professional or, or a teacher or whatever. So um, we are judged just. Uh, you talk about the judging a book by its cover, and we are often judged just by the cover alone. Absolutely, and look. I, like most people, believe our police need to be held to a higher standard. And, and it's been that way in just about every department I know. The hiring process is difficult. The background investigation, lots of great people don't survive that. The academy is grueling. The amount of intellectual learning you have to consume just in the law, never mind patrol, everything else, physical defense, yeah. tactics, all that stuff. That the, the, the physical defense, the driving, the handgun qualification, that was a fun part. That was the easy part. That, that was the part we all look forward to. It was the constant testing that was just so much. And then on the job, a lot of people don't get this. We are, at least in my day, we were very harsh with each other. I don't mean harsh in a bad way. I mean, we were taught. I was taught by primarily Vietnam combat veterans, and we also had a few commanders that were Korean War veterans, and they were phenomenal police, and they understood the concepts of respect, of community policing, and the terms we use nowadays, uh, like de-escalation. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. 
That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603-800-451-8603-800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603. conversation with Henry Particelli. Henry, interesting character. He is an 11-year veteran of the Nashville Police Department, Metro Nashville Police Department. He's a police sergeant. He's from Canada originally. He is a singer-songwriter, been writing and performing music for a lot longer than he's been policing. And, you know, I would love to say that you're an anomaly when it comes to policing. But the truth is, not just Nashville, but all around the United States, you're not. We have Every walk of life you can imagine donning the uniform and putting on the badge. But people think we're some sort of homogenized, one-size-fits-all group. You know, you're absolutely right. There's so much talent on this department in so many other areas besides police. And um, it's great, though. It's a great way to bring together um, people from different walks of life and be able to share their experiences. And I think it makes... uh, makes you more relatable out on the streets and and that's been helpful i came on it we talked about earlier 40 years old i had a lot of life experience and and that afforded me some great opportunities uh on the department in an expeditious manner because of those experiences that i've had in life and it gives me a lot more i think compassion too and and probably perhaps a little less jaded because it's not this is not all i know and i think that helps and how old were you when you left canada that's Canada at 26. Okay. So you said that earlier. In the, and did you yeah. go straight to Nashville? I did. I specifically moved here. The, it's the proverbial pack up the guitar and the bag and get on a Greyhound bus and move to Nashville, Tennessee to make music. There you go. And, and that's 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 where it started. Well, I'm glad to see you're making music, but I'm also really glad that you're part of our ranks. And the reason being is, look, when you watch anything that Hollywood puts out, and I think that's part of the problem we have nowadays with people's perception of policing is if you look at television, movies, social media, anything like that, it, it portrays police in the same broken, stereotypical mold. And, and it's really not true. One of the, one of the prime examples I give is like the movies Die Hard and, and growing up as a kid, I used to love Clint Eastwood in, in Dirty Harry movies. And in these movies... They'd have scenes of, of violence where the officer has to shoot somebody, and then he's cracking funny one-liners, then he's knocking down drinks, and he's living in a, in a loft apartment driving a high-end sports car, and life's great. And that's not the reality of what it's like at all. No, not even close. I mean, we, we, uh, we it's, it's an everyday struggle just like anyone else, um, probably more so because it's, so there's a lot of stress on the family. Uh, when you maintain the schedules we have and the unpredictability that we have, and my wife's been called to scoop me up when, when the ambulance scooped me up to, uh, to to you know, have my team pick her up, to bring her to the hospital to 
to, to be with me in, in my time when I've been injured on the job. And you know, there's just so many everyday regular things and then the additional stresses that go along with the job. So uh, it's interesting. I think part of the problem, Henry, uh, is that typically in, in America, police departments don't, and, and when I say not just departments, but we as a rank and file, don't blow our own horns. Uh, when you when you see a cop being interviewed on television for doing something heroic, saving people from burning car, whatever it might be, that, and I'm not making light of that, that happens far more often than the use of force. They'll say, oh, I'm just doing my job. And when we have an officer who stands in the middle of a gunfight with hardened, hardcore criminals, we don't celebrate them. But we'll put out lots of dancing and lip sync videos and say, this will bridge, this will tell you repairing all, all the damage. And it obviously doesn't. I think part of the problem, Henry, is we don't tell our own stories. Yeah, this, it's really interesting you say that. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the song and, and the video that we have out on it. Um, I paid for everything myself, my wife and I, out of our own pocket to produce the song, to produce the video. Um, we did have a little help uh, as far as people getting on board because they believed in the message that I was putting out. And so they um, they, they did some discounted rates on a few things. But um, that's, a, that, you know, that's not something the department sponsored to try to lift the the image up of police or whatever that's just something from our hearts that we wanted to do because we knew it was the right thing a great way to share our everyday walking around this is my life uh, along with oh yeah by the way this is what i do for a living too yeah and there's some departments that gotten really really proactive and, and progressive about this they're doing it with media they're doing it with social media uh, and a great example is the Bangor, Maine Police Department. On social media, I'm telling you, they're not a huge department, but I don't think anybody holds a candle to what they're doing. They are top-notch, and they they give the people in their community a chance to get to know what the officers are like as people. I think that's great uh, to humanize the badge and letting people know that uh, that we, we are just, uh, like I said, everyday people. We just have a different job to do every day. Uh, different sometimes is an understatement. Yeah, it's a, that's the kind way to put it, right? It's a very kind. It, people like to think it's it's all guns, guts, and, and glory, and it's not. I, I say this quite often. Even when we were arresting people, the, the, the violence was not a constant. However, where I worked, uh, it was a very, very busy, very high crime area of Baltimore, and trauma and violence was nonstop. Someone... A friend I worked with posted on social media. They say that the average police officer sees 800 episodes of extreme trauma in their career. And he said it was like that every month for us, 800 episodes. Uh, and right. yeah, while it was a bit of exaggeration, it wasn't off base. Is that no, how it's been you for you guys? See, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. You see a ridiculous amount of things that most people only see on TV. And it affects your life no matter how, you, no matter how grounded you are or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you'll start having dreams about your family members going through what 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 you've seen other people go through, and, and it's just uh, there's no way of, of getting around that. There's no there's no book you can read to prepare yourself for that. There's no amount of talking about it that's going to help. It's just it's our reality, and and, uh, and it doesn't change the fact that we're there to help. And and I get I've got the pleasure of of, of working community affairs the last few years. And, and so I talk with everyone from the seniors to the to the kids coming up in school, the, whether it's middle school, career days, or whatever. I'll go out and, 
And it's great because the, the first thing I get to talk to them about is the fact that, number one, we're, we're, we're their friends. And, and the fact that arresting people is such a tiny, minute part right. of what we actually do on a daily basis. We, we help. I, I joke around that I've changed more tires than the average NASCAR pit crew has on a Sunday side of the interstate. You know, it just, it's, it's just we do whatever we can to help and assist the citizens. It's not a cliche. It's a reality. And, um, but those aren't the shining examples you see, and we're not great, like you said earlier, at, uh, at tuning our own horn, nor should we be. I, I think uh, that just um, that comes organically, and, and hopefully it does. And when it does, that's something uh, we can all feel proud about. But, um, you know, in, and we're going to talk about pride. That's I have a great deal of pride about what I do. It's the least, least self-serving career I've ever done in my life. And for that, I'm, I'm very proud of and, and and we all should be, but um, what we are still going to ache and, and hurt when we see things go sideways with others, and that's, it just shouldn't be. We wish it would never have happened. It is, unfortunately, part of the job. It's something yeah. that's inexcus- it's inescapable. I, I used to think when I was younger and, and working in the city that the, the guys, when I say guys, and people go, wait a second, that's sexist. In policing, that means men and women. Everybody I worked with in the squad, it didn't, we didn't call each other out by gender. It was the guys, and yep. uh, they know that. I used to think that the guys who worked out in the counties and more rural areas had it made in the shade drinking Kool-Aid. You know, it's like, hey, they don't have to do anything, and we're, we're out here literally in life and death all the time. And I didn't realize, Henry, that they're much smaller departments. They had a much greater area to cover. Backup was much further away, and they had to do everything from soup to nuts. So uh, they yeah. were the crime lab tech. They were the responding patrol officer. They were the detective. They did everything. They didn't. They couldn't call for specialty units to come handle it. Right, and, and you know, and just the fact, like you said, not having backup close by—that's that's a terrible scenario to be in if you're um, a rural area and you're dealing with someone that might be. Uh, not of the sound mind because of an intoxicant that they've taken or whatever the case may be or armed or whatever and it's just uh it's a you know two three minutes is an eternity you imagine 20 oh, minutes yes it waiting is for your backup to show up you know we're talking with henry potticelli henry is a 11-year veteran of the metro nashville police department he's a sergeant he's also a singer songwriter hey folks when you have a chance check out our facebook page do a search on facebook for law enforcement today radio show when you get there click like and follow that's click like and follow law enforcement today radio show on facebook don't go anywhere we'll be right back don't miss the huge back to blue and first responders parade and rally in beautiful key west florida friday january 8 2021 Active and retired law enforcement officers and other first responders from all over the U.S. and the world, bagpipers and more, will all be at the great Back to Blue and First Responders Parade and Rally in Key West, Florida, Friday, January 2021. Get more details on the Facebook group Back to Blue and First Responders. That's Back to Blue and First Responders group on Facebook. And get more details here on the Law Enforcement Today Show. All too often, we find ourselves getting asked, Where can I find other great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Because of this, we decided to create our own network of podcasts here on Law Enforcement Today. You can access top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and free app. Head to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, 
And there you will find our network link where we will continue to add podcasts from first responders and more. Remember, that's letradioshow.com to find out more information about law enforcement today, our podcast network, and to download our free app, letradioshow.com. Back to our conversation with Henry Particelli, police sergeant from Metro Nashville Police Department, calling us from Nashville. And uh, I haven't been there since I was a kid. I got to go visit that place. The music, uh, the food. Of course, I'm a big food guy. You take one look at me, Henry, you'd know. I don't miss too many meals. <laughs> and that's why I'm in radio. I've got a face and figure for radio. Uh, there you go. Your career in policing, of course, everybody starts off in what we call patrol. A bird's eye view, your career yeah. to where you started, where you're at now. I've been really fortunate with my career. I mentioned I started at 40, so I had a lot of maturity on my side. And I was uh, very fit coming through the academy. And so I, I knew that I wasn't going to stay uh, in the top shape of my life just by virtue of age and aging and that. So I wanted to do all of the uh, higher speed things as quickly as possible. So I only spent six months on patrol and immediately went over to a, a flex unit, which was more proactive policing. We're still in a uniform, but we're in a unmarked car looking for drugs and guns and things like that off the street. And I did that for about a year and a half and then went undercover on the crime suppression unit, which was uh, undercover drugs and prostitution, that kind of thing over at the, uh, at a precinct level. We have eight precincts here. And, um, then I interviewed a year and a half later for the gang unit, which is a whole countywide unit and ended up moving over to the gang unit and working gang unit undercover for a year and a half. And then, uh, ended up writing the sergeant's exam and, and in 2016, I moved over to Madison Precinct, and they met it. When you promote, they put you right back in a patrol for a year. So back in the uniform uh, as a patrol sergeant, um, I joked that I spent more time as a patrol, patrol sergeant than I did as an officer in patrol, but um, learned a lot for almost a year and a half, and then the opportunity came up for a community affairs uh, sergeant here at the precinct. Each precinct has one, and this has been a really important role in all of our departments and something I think we've done a great job at here is just being plugged in with the community, that that pipeline or liaison between the community and, and the department, and whether it's attending social functions, answering community concerns, figuring out which resources we need to allocate in different areas based on what's going on. And, and I, I just I love what I get to do with my background, both not just in entertaining, but I also ran several businesses over those years. And so I, you know, to combine my business prowess and my, I certainly don't have any fear of getting up and talking in front of people and all of that, along with my really intense police experience, even for that short six, seven years, got to do so many things that uh, I feel like I had a pretty good uh, basis of knowledge to, to, to help the community out with their concerns. So it's been great. I, I think it's uh it's an important role, and I think you're seeing a lot more of the parts transition to um, that community policing, the old broken windows theory, or you know, just getting out and, and being engaged in your community. Community engagement is is huge for us here. Yeah, kind of always has been, and it's it's growing even more so now. It should be. I remember uh, big thing where I policed in Baltimore is getting your own posts. When you finally got a post assigned to you that you showed up and worked every day, and my sergeant at the time, he since passed away, said. Look, if I pull up here and I point out someone, you don't know who they are, who their parents are, whether they're a good guy or bad guy, you're not doing your job. And I'll find someone who will. They would even do things like a midnight shift 
they would put a little slip of paper on the back door of a business and say, call me when you find this to make sure we were you know, doing our job on our post. Yeah. Little things like that. And that was drilled into us, Henry, from day one, that people gave us nicknames. We were invited in their backyard on cookouts. They knew our first name. You had three basic officers working the same post every day of the year, unless they were off, then you had to fill in. And it was a big responsibility, and it was like a big... It wasn't promotion, but we felt like it was. Oh, absolutely. That zone pride. We have zones here. And then just having that pride that this is your area and you you get to know that area inside and out. And I'm lucky to work in a great area. I mean, and, and, um, and you know, the, the, the appreciation. Um, I'm the benefactor of, of getting that appreciation where the officers sometimes are out on the streets running from call to call to call, but I happen to attend at a community meeting or, or a different event that where, where the citizens will come up and, and express their appreciation. I always relay that to the officers, but sometimes I wish they can see what I see so they understand that they are loved and adored by so many. And it's just a there's a there's a big portion of that population that appreciates everything they do on a daily basis. I'm glad you said that because I think people nowadays, especially our, our law enforcement officers, they get the feeling that everybody hates them because those are the ones, the, the, they call them activists, protesters, or whatever terms you want to use. The anti-police element gets the most coverage. The old saying was the squeak, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Uh, and the people that appreciate what you do, who are the vast majority, are busy with their family, their lives, everything else. They don't have the time. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. So it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a good balance that we're trying to find here, and I think it's something... It's, it's just imperative. So you've been doing this, like I said, 11 years now. You're doing community mm-hmm. affairs. By the way, I spent more time patrol than you did, and, but our career yeah. is very similar. I went to what we called operations, which is like your flex, uh, and then yeah. was narcotics and detail, the DEA, and, and then when I got promoted to sergeant, right around seven years, they put you back in patrol, uh, and I finished my career as a patrol sergeant, which, by the way, if you ask me, that's the most vital job in our police departments in the United States because you got to take care of your people, make sure they're okay, make sure they're doing the best for the people in the community, and it's first-level management, and it's not an easy job. It's, it's probably the toughest job on the patrol sergeant, I, in my opinion, is the toughest job on this department. I still have guys that contact me on Facebook that I was their sergeant, and they're like, I remember what you said to me when I was brand out of the academy. I'm like, <laughs> I thought, look at my wife and go, I wish I knew what that was, because apparently it must have been pretty profound. I don't remember. Yeah. But something is really nice about when you do something good and, and you pass along what was taught to you. I learned a lot in the academy, but most of what I learned about policing, I learned on the streets. And I learned from the old timers. And, and they're the ones who corrected me when I was wrong. They're the ones who showed me better ways to do things. They're the ones who taught me how to talk to people. All those things that you really can't learn in the classroom environment. I was the benefactor of on the streets. And, and it's good to hear that that's still occurring in Nashville. By the way, what's the recruiting situation looking like right now in Nashville PD? I'll tell you, we're, uh, we're all struggling nationwide, um, but we have uh, extended our efforts um, in trying to you know shore up the numbers, if you will. Uh, it seems like we've been hemorrhaging officers for years. We can't quite keep up with attrition. It's a great department to work for. And we have, I always tell people, if you get bored, it's your own fault because you could do something different every two years. I'm a classic example of that. I, I was every year and a half I did something different. It's not because I didn't love what I was doing. It was because I wanted to progress 
in my career and and the best way to do that was to to learn and, and like you said learn on the job and and get those experiences so we're trying to fill classes um recruitment efforts as again as i picked up they're talking about increasing our our recruitment team um and and just trying to get good folks here and, and they do a really good job vetting off um the, the, the civilians that want to become police officers and that's not to say that occasionally someone doesn't slip through the cracks because that's that's a reality of life but the fact is that it took me almost if not a year and a half to get hired and of course my background was a lot more extensive because i was almost 40 at the time while they were going through that process so they they dig back to you know coming out of high school in 1988 all the way through you know so they had a lot more extensive background to dig into versus somebody 21 that just come out of the military so and by the um, way but we're, we are always hiring and, and, and happy to talk to people and and uh um, we have an on large online presence for uh, application process and stuff like that. So, I was going to say, just well, do a Google search for uh, Metro Nashville Police Department. I'm sure you'll find the information there. Now, your yeah. music, you got to have a host of, of music and resources where people get more information. Yeah, you know, I uh, there's a couple things I'll mention. Number one, is, uh, we, we put out a YouTube video. If you search my name, Henry Particelli, or Your Name is the name of the song, um, you, you will see that. We're just encouraging people to watch that, and uh, we've found that to be incredibly impactful. And what I love about it more than anything are the comments I've got internationally from folks that might have had some concerns about police and or just disdain for us and 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 seeing it and, and, and watching the video and seeing the reaction um, and then understanding, you know, who, what it is. Um, we don't reveal right away that I'm a police officer in the video, obviously. So we're trying to drive people to watch that and share that because I feel like it's a real healing message. And I've gotten messages again from folks that have just said, look, I've struggled with police, I've this, I've that, but this is a really great starting point. You know, one song isn't going to change the world, and I know that. So um, while the song is available on all, uh, you know, iTunes and all the uh, Amazon and Apple Music and all that, I've, I've not been pushing too hard on that. We're actually trying to talk to um some youth organizations and see if we can't partner with someone to give a portion of proceeds to try to help because we know that criminal uh, juvenile crime is a big issue i think nationwide we sure, certainly experience it here and we want to do something positive with the song that we feel will be helpful and now um beyond the your name song i have the good guys foundation which is founded around a song called we are the good guys that i wrote um and the good guys foundation is something that we use to help uh severely injured officers in the line of duty and or those fallen in the line of duty. We just, we're about a year old now. We just did our first round of disbursements to nine different families. And what a great feeling that we've been able to do that. And that's all 100% nonprofit. Every penny that comes in uh, look from that up, song, folks. our donations goes to, uh, goes to the families. The Good so Guys Foundation. Good. Henry Particelli, thanks so much for your service and for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Catch all the episodes of Law Enforcement Today's show as a podcast for free do a google search for law enforcement today podcast or just go to letradioshow.com click the be heard tab and you'll find us right there i'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the law enforcement today show We've got another great guest in your way next week don't miss it until then this is john j wiley see ya